Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Today we're going to speak about the power of the Holy Spirit. And just as I was driving here tonight, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a gift. And I was thinking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. How awesome would it be if someone gave you a a brand new car and all you had was legs, you were walking everywhere, or you had a broken down push bike like I had when I was a kid. I remember had no no gears on it and the tires were all rusty and falling off and it was a really dangerous escapade just to get on this little bike on the farm. How about if someone gave you a brand new car and you parked it in the garage and never drove it? We'd all think you're a little bit crazy. <laughs> Someone's given you this awesome new car, but you leave it parked in the garage and say, thank you, God, for this car, but we never use it. We think, yeah, that's a little bit crazy. Sometimes as Christians, we forget the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives and we leave him parked in the garage so often of our life. And we stay walking We just walk, and when you walk, it's good for exercise, but it takes a lot longer to get there than jumping in the car. And we try to sort it all out ourselves. Tonight, I feel the Holy Spirit nudging me and saying, I've given you an amazing gift. I want you to learn to work with that gift and let it flow. And let it carry you where it's meant to carry you. Let's reach up to heaven for a moment. Lord, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. The precious Holy Spirit. The gift that you have given us that sometimes we don't fully appreciate or understand. Sometimes we just leave him almost parked in the corner of our lives but don't let him carry us where he he wants to carry us to be fruitful, effective, arise and fulfill. And Oh, God, I just pray tonight as we share, there will just come a connection, a revelation, an understanding, a freedom in the life of the Spirit. I pray that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. Thanks, Troy and worship team. That was awesome. Let's give them a big hand. Thank you. Wow, this morning we had four first-time decisions and four recommitments to Christ. And let's give him praise for that. That is so, so awesome. We had an amazing time last weekend with Don McDonnell, and many of you are here for some or uh, many of those meetings. And what a, what a joy it was to have Don McDonnell. He's such a contagious guy. And this morning I was sharing about how God uses evangelists to stir up our lives and equip us. And this morning, seeing so many new people in church and people responding to Jesus, thought, that's the fruit of an evangelist because he stirred us to invite people to bring them and to just l- allow the life and presence and power of the Holy Spirit to flow through us. And one of the things that Don, he preached on it one of the nights, I think it was one of the, Thursday, when, Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember now, but he spoke about the Holy Spirit and how he's his closest friend. And it stirred my heart, and I think, Lord, help us to know the Holy Spirit as our closest friend in our lives. Because I've learned 
If you want to be fruitful and effective and keep growing and be touching other people's lives, you need to let the Holy Spirit flow through you and work with him. Acts 1.4, it says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, this is Jesus speaking to him before he went back up into heaven, after he died on the cross and rose again. He gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. So the Father, Jesus and the Father, spoke about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And wow, if you got given a new car that cost you maybe thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollars, what a gift that is! That's a great value. You see, uh, occasionally you see those ads on telly, and the parents give the gift of a brand new house to their daughter or son-in-law, and they've won lotto or done whatever. Hey, well, how valuable a gift is that? But I want to say, the most amazing gift is the Holy Spirit that's been given to you and I. There are other gifts that are mentioned in the Bible. The gift of salvation through Jesus is the most incredible gift that you and I can ever receive. That's why I rejoice every time I see someone responding to Jesus or coming back to embrace that gift of life. And uh, we have the gift of eternal life that comes with salvation. How awesome is that? Eternal life. My head still struggles to get around that thought of eternity eternal life but that's the beautiful gift that we have it puts the shortness of this life into perspective when you think about eternity you can be very successful in this life but if the Bible says if you can what shall it gain profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul that's how powerful is the gift of eternal life and then there's the gift of the Holy Spirit there's all, all different types of spirits. There's the Holy Spirit. There are evil spirits that are out to deceive and destroy. There's the spirit of this world that will tempt you to run after short-term fulfillment and use people instead of loving people and using things you love things and use people. That's what happens when the spirit of the world gets a hold of your life. We all know how destructive that is. There is alcoholic spirits. You know, you talk about the spirits, different alcoholic spirits that can just give you short-term pleasure and long-term destructive pain. There's a spirit of people. God says we are spirit, soul, and body. The spirit of a person is an amazing gift. Spirit, soul, and body. But the Holy Spirit is so amazing. And what I've observed is when you run after the Holy Spirit, some of those other spirits will try and stop you. Like Jeremy was saying, he had to choose which line he went over and which crowd he hung with. And tonight, I believe there are some people here that you are running after the Holy Spirit, but there are some spirits of this world and there are some evil spirits that have been trying to harass you and stop you living in freedom some of you have started to have nightmares 
You've had intimidating things, lies from the enemy, people who were sort of friends before all of a sudden become your enemy and try and intimidate and harass. And tonight, I believe the Spirit of God wants you to know that if you've opened your heart to God, you have the powerful Holy Spirit within you and no intimidating spirit of this world can rob and steal from you. He might try, but tonight you need to step up and say, in Jesus' name, no more, no more. I saw as we were worshiping intimidating spirits trying to rob from some of your lives. And it's like the closer you press to God, this spirit tries to whisper. Then it starts to shout and say, don't go that way. But tonight you've determined I'm going after God. And you've got to know who you are. And if you want to know who you are, you need to let the power of the Holy Spirit be within you because he will reveal who God has called you to be and the authority you have to resist every scheme and every lying spirit that comes against us. Some people get scared off and they pull back. I've noticed just before and just after people really encounter the saving power of Jesus, the enemy starts to show up to try and stop you. He will intimidate you. I don't know how many people I've talked to that as they're just before they get saved or in the weeks and months afterwards, the enemy comes to try and harass them or stop them. Or you might have been a Christian for years, enjoying the gift of salvation, but you determine to step up to another place of lordship in Jesus. You determine to step up to another place of letting the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow through your life. And guess what? The enemy comes an intimidating spirit tries to push you away from that breakthrough Joyce Meyer says new level new devil and this is not to exalt the enemy in any way it's just a spiritual reality that when we step up in the Holy Spirit realm the enemy will try and intimidate you but you've got to know who you are in Christ and there's a power And a new level of breakthrough for you if you step into the life of the Spirit and you walk away from, speak against and then ignore the schemes of the enemy. And I want to stir our hearts today that God's drawing us into new places of freedom and power. I want to talk about how awesome it is to have the Holy Spirit living in our lives. The Holy Spirit, not the Spirit of this world, but the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus also said in Luke 24, 49, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Oh, I love that, power. I love power. Some young people love power under their bonnet and how much, how much horsepower they got in their car. Some people love that sense of power and influence they have. They work out at the gym and work out how many hundreds of kilos they can bench press or somebody look at me saying that much well some of you might be able to we love the sense of power and influence but boy when you start to experience the power of the holy spirit it, everything else just fades into the distance because the holy spirit is so awesome and powerful acts 1 8 jesus said but you shall receive power in the amplified that word power can mean ability, efficiency, and might. Wow. So the Holy Spirit, when you let Him work in your life and let Him flow through you, it says He will, you will receive power, that is ability, so you'll receive greater ability than what you would in the natural. 
You receive efficiency. He will show you how to do life more efficient and effectively and powerfully. And he will give you might when you need it. Spiritual might. Emotional strength. Courage. Mental capacity to not give in. When your mind is in a whirl, you can take a moment to pray in the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, there's a clarity comes to your thought. That's the, the Holy Spirit is there as a gift to help us in so many areas of our life, and yet so often we plod along and just do the best we can with our own abilities. And I believe God wants us to learn to be men and women of the Spirit. It says those who are led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. God wants us to step up and learn to live in this awesome power of the Holy Spirit. Ability, efficiency, and might. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. <coughs> Not long afterwards, guess what they did? 500 of them saw Jesus go up to heaven. He said, wait in Jerusalem and pray. So they had a 10-day prayer meeting, worshipping, praying. By the 10th day, there's only 120 left. Wow, I wonder if, you'd, if you were there, whether you were one of the 380 that gave up praying, because God didn't say how long it was going to take. God says, if you press in, I'm going to meet your need. But we don't know whether it's an hour, a day, 10 days, or six weeks. How awful would that be if the Holy Spirit got poured out at nine in the morning, by eight o'clock on the 10th day, I said, I'm out of here, I'm, I'm hungry, I'm missing my family, I'm leaving. How terrible would that be, one hour short of the Holy Spirit getting poured out? I'm sure they would have caught up with the overflow not long afterwards, but wow, 120. They stayed, and Acts 2, 1 to 4, talks about what happened when they waited and for the promise. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest in each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Wow, there was power, there were signs and wonders. They started to speak in other languages they hadn't learned. Now, to the natural mind, that seems just absolutely crazy. Well, it's okay for God to give you power to heal people. It's okay for God to give you clarity of thought and, and prophetic insight and wisdom beyond your natural ability. But what's this speaking in other tongues about? Why would God use a crazy sign like that? Well, God's God and I'm not. But he cho sometimes chooses things that our natural mind can't grasp or put God in a box in. And speaking in other tongues is one of those. It's a supernatural event to be able to learn to speak in another language. Sometimes it's another earthly language. Sometimes it's a heavenly language, a mixture of syllables and words that God fills you. You speak that to God in heaven. And I'm going to talk about a few things that happen and the benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in this heavenly language. God wants us to have that. I've told the story before. Some of you might not have heard when Mary Lynn got filled with the Holy Spirit, she came from a Catholic background, didn't know much about speaking in tongues. When she came into a Pentecostal service like this on Sunshine Coast in uh, Nambour, she walked in and here's people, hands raised, clapping, and 
dancing and shouting and then someone starts speaking in other tongues and someone else gives an interpretation. She's like, whoa, what's this? She, she didn't understand it, but she knew God was in the house because the spirit all of a sudden came alive. She said the hair stood up on the back of her neck because she'd never felt that. She just felt like this incredible presence had just entered the room. She didn't understand it, but she knew it was God. Within three weeks, she gave her life to Jesus. And a few weeks later, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amazingly, Matt's grandma was the one who prayed for her, for Mary Lynn to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that an amazing? <laughs> At a Women's Aglow meeting in 1976. How awesome is that? I remember about three weeks later again, we were in a... Uh, in a home group, a life group, at the Nambour Caravan Park, which was just over the road. The caretakers, the caravan park, was, were spirit-filled Christians. So we had a, a life group or a home group happening there. And someone was playing guitar, and we're just all worshipping quietly in the spirit. And, and there was a new lady there that is, was staying in the caravan park overnight, and she was invited to come and join this home group. She came out of curiosity, had nothing else to do that night. And uh, Marilyn was just worshipping in the... Uh, this heavenly language that God had given her. Straight after the meeting was over, this lady came up to her and said, how long have you been speaking French? And Marilyn looked at her and says, I don't, I don't know French. I've got a few Italian friends, so I know a few Italian words. That's it. She said, well, you were speaking fluent French tonight. And Marilyn says, I don't, oh, what did I say? She wanted to know what she said. This lady says, I am a lecturer in French at the university and you were telling me very clearly how to get my life right with God and to follow Jesus. Marilyn was worshipping just in other tongues a brand new Christian in a home group and God was speaking through her as she was worshipping in other tongues in fluent French to this lady who was a French lecturer at a university telling her how to get her life right with God and respond to Jesus. Yeah, let's give God praise, eh? I have got dozens of those stories that I've observed over 35 years of ministry. So sometimes it will be another language you've never learnt an earthly language, or it's a combination of heavenly words and languages and syllables. doesn't matter. Your mind's not going to understand it anyway. But God's cho chosen that to be one of the signs that you are filled and overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. Some churches don't uh, understand or believe that that's still relevant for today. We do believe it is, and I have just live in the power and freedom of it. The Holy Spirit is God. He is real and personable. And we need to fellowship with Him, make room for the Holy Spirit in our lives. You don't have to quite be as crazy as Don McDonnell and order two breakfasts and have one for the Holy Spirit at breakfast at hotels. It creates a talking point and people come and say, where's your friend? Oh, he's here. <laughs> it opens up great witnessing opportunities. I'm not quite that bold or crazy, but that's what Don does sometimes. But it's just making room for the Holy Spirit as our friend in our lives. So when I'm driving in the car, I'm often just praying in that heavenly language. When I'm in a situation where I'm not quite sure what to say, I'm talking to the person, but my spirit's saying, Holy Spirit, what do I say here? Your spirit's communing with God while you're talking to the person. When I'm praying with people all the time, saying, Holy Spirit, what do I pray and what do I do right now 
and the Holy Spirit is giving you download while you're connecting to the person. Now, to the natural mind, that doesn't make any sense. But let me tell you, there are people who are in the, the spiritual world of darkness and new age and all that stuff. They do exactly the same in the counterfeit realm. And yet when Christians do it, they think we're weird. We're doing the real, they're doing the counterfeit, which is mixed with fear and destruction and negativity. So don't ever dismiss that stuff. It is very real, but let's do the real stuff led by the Holy Spirit of God. Very real. And so we see the Holy Spirit at work. Sometimes it'll be a scripture that just comes alive or be quickened by the Holy Spirit. Or it'll be a voice inside of your heart. Or it'll be a still small voice you'll hear. It'll be your conscience. It'll be a flow of spontaneous thoughts. It'll be a vision or a dream or something that God's... He knows how to communicate to you in your personality and heart. Learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. took me about 12 months after I was born again and filled with the Holy Spirit to work out whether it was my voice or God's voice. I used to feel an impression. I thought that could be the Holy Spirit, but I'd be wrestling with it and saying, oh, no, I think it's just me thinking that up. And sure enough, the preacher would get up and preach exactly what I'd felt in my heart during the worship time. Or someone else, God would be saying, I want you to speak a word of prophecy. No way, I was too scared in case I messed it up and said the wrong thing. Or it was just me. Someone else would get up and say word for word what I had in my heart. So after about a year, I finally got it. I was a bit, a bit of a slow learner. Some of you learn faster than me. And I realized, hey, the Holy Spirit does speak to us and through us. And often it's just for you to be strengthened and encouraged. When you start to love and minister and reach out to others, he will speak to you to help you to minister to others. But you've got to learn to listen to his voice for your own heart and soul first. So the next question I used to learn to ask was, Lord, is this download from heaven for me or is it to pass through me to others? And sometimes we get that a little bit mixed up, but we learn fast. So just that's a good question to ask. Holy Spirit, is this for me? And one pastor taught me that if it's just for you, you will get it clearly and then the sense of anointing will pull back. But if it's to pass on to others, it will continue to grow and increase and you'll know it's to be passed on to others. And that was a very simple way I learned how to know whether it was just to bless and encourage and help me or it was a word that God wanted to flow through me to bless others. There are other ways that you can do it. But that's how I learned really quickly to know the voice of the Holy Spirit in my heart my life. What are some of the obvious signs and evidence that you'll fill the Holy Spirit and flowing in His power? Number one, you speak in these other tongues. I believe it's a gift for every believer. I believe it is. It's very clear throughout Scripture. When the Holy Spirit came, there was supernatural signs. And one of the most obvious is that you have this river of living water. It's like a, a supernatural sign. And every time I speak in other tongues, it reminds me that God, the supernatural God lives within me. It really does, you know. Before I had that gift of the Holy Spirit in my life, I knew I was saved, but it didn't flow and there wasn't as much freedom and power. When I got full of the Holy Spirit, every time I speak in other tongues, I'm reminded the supernatural God lives within me. Jesus, by His Spirit, lives within me. doesn't make me any better. It just makes me better equipped. I don't ever say being full of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and having the prophetic word and that flowing makes you a better Christian because we're all saved by grace and it's Jesus that washes away our sin. And so we're born again by the Spirit of God. But boy, it makes you better equipped. It makes you clearer and stronger and you start to live out of heavenly download into your soul instead of just trying to work it out with our natural brains. And some of our brains aren't big enough to get it all sorted out. 
I've learned that a long time ago. So that supernatural language. The Bible says it's as tongues are a sign to the unbeliever. And remind us, it reminds every time I speak in tongues that God's living and flowing through our life. It's a bit like <coughs> an illustration that really helps me to explain to people. It's like outside we've got a tap and the water's connected to it. There's a hose to the tap. But that's no good. It's not going to help you until you turn the tap on. When you turn the tap on, it releases the water to flow, and then you can water the plants or wash the car or wash the dog or spray someone with it and stir them up, whatever you want to do. But it's only when you turn the tap that water that's already at the tap starts to flow and does its work. Speaking in other tongues is like that for me. The Spirit of God's within me. It's there. But as soon as I start to sing or pray in the Spirit, it's like this river of living water starts to flow. Power starts to flow through me. Clarity. My mind starts to get rested and clear. Sometimes it happens very quickly. Sometimes it takes a while because we're just so busy doing stuff. So speaking in other tongues is a sign that you're filled and overflowing with the Spirit. If you don't have that precious gift in your life, tonight we're going to pray again and just make room for it at the end of the service. It's a gift, so you don't have to plead for it or beg for it. Often the Holy Spirit comes on our lives but we're too scared to know how to just open our mind and heart and that step of faith to release it because our mind wants to be in control. Or we've been taught it's not for every believer, so it's only for the special ones or the ones who really need it. Hey, I believe it's a gift for every believer to empower us. And in the early church, right in the early centuries, nearly everyone who was a Christian was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was just normal Christianity. You go into... China and a lot of countries where there's persecution, nearly every Christian is a spirit-filled believer because if they don't have the power of God, they don't survive. You can't live a half-hearted Christian life when there's persecution and, and power. But in our Western world, it's like we have so many options. Yeah, we'll have that. No, we won't have that. Yeah, we'll have that. No, we won't have that. But God says, hey, embrace it all. Just, just open your heart and let it all flow and see what God will do for His, his kingdom. Secondly, there is power. This power comes when you let the Holy Spirit flow in your life. Power, it comes from the word dunamis, which is dynamite. And I remember I had a friend that I led to Jesus, the first guy I led to Jesus when I was about 18, when I was probably 19. And he really struggled with two things. He met Jesus, but he struggled about giving and tithing, I remember. He used to go home from church and I was so angry. I said, what, what's the problem? He said, oh, that's that money thing again. Every time the pastor talks about it, I get so angry. I said, Okay, I'd try and explain it to him. One day, about six months later, we got home because we were living in a, uh, a house, a few of us that worked in the bank, and he was really happy. I looked at him, I said, you sorted the money thing, didn't you? He said, yep, I finally understood what God was trying to tell me for six months. He was an only son, and his mum was an accountant, and money was their whole world. So <laughs> it was such a... And the other thing was, he couldn't understand and get a hold of that speaking in tongues and the power of the Spirit. We were in a meeting in Brisbane, I remember. Derek Prince was preaching. The only time I ever heard Derek Prince preach. And some of you read some of his books. He was in Brisbane. We had this amazing meeting at the uh, Queensland University in the, the main hall there. There was a couple of thousand people. And I remember he was preaching away, and right at the end... He said, who needs to be full of the Holy Spirit? And some people said, yeah, and they were going around. And my friend was sitting there beside him because we went down together. Oh, I don't, don't want that stuff. And this guy, remember the Holy Spirit then said, some of you are arguing in your mind right now you don't need this. And I'm thinking, hello, God's on his case right now. He said, 
you need the power. You don't have enough. And he just went for about five minutes and challenging this whole mindset that you think you can do it on your own. And this guy jumped out of his seat and ran down the front and got full of the Holy Spirit. I thought, yes. <laughs> There's a power from heaven that comes when we live and flow in the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean it's weird or wacky. It's just a strength. Sometimes it'll just strengthen your emotions. It'll give clarity to your mind. It will give you courage to face fears and strongholds. When the enemy tries to intimidate you, say, shove off, devil, because I'm living for God. It just gives you strength to say no to temptation. It helps you to live in the freedom that God has bought for you. And so we have that power, boldness, confidence. Thirdly, when you flow in the Spirit, there's freedom comes. Second Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, we often sing it. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord which is the Spirit. Now the word kingdom means the domain where the king rules. D-O-M stands for domain. So freedom is the domain where free people live. God wants us to live in that freedom, in our hearts and our lives. Also, your praise and worship flows and increases with just openness. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, I remember before I was filled with the Spirit, some of my cousins were in the church, they'd be singing and playing and worshiping. And I think, I wish I could sing and praise and worship like that. But it was like you'd sing the songs, but it wasn't really just taken off. And they said, well, it's since I got filled with the Holy Spirit and speak and worship this heavenly language, like this freedom just comes. So I got so hungry for it. I prayed and I gave my heart to Jesus on the 30th of November when I was 17. By the following Easter, four months later, I was so hungry and desperate to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I was praying and believing, but my head was still trying to work it all out. And I knew what should happen because I was brought up in a Pentecostal church, but I was still trying to reason it all out. But I remember I came to a youth camp here at the Best Gen campsite, which was where the center point units are. They had a great big marquee there and there was hundreds of us there for a a uh, youth camp on that uh, weekend and Pastor John Lewis was preaching and I remember I got so hungry by the Sunday night the last minute I says God I'm not going home unless I get filled with the Holy Spirit I was so desperate I said God I'm not going home until I'm filled with the Spirit and that night I was so hungry for God that night I God touched me and I started to speak in this heavenly language but I only had a few syllables and a few words and then God is that it but I remember the pastor was very wise. He said, you might only have a few words or syllables. Some people just get this whole river and language just pours out of them and the power of God's on them and they feel electricity and fire and everything. I just felt this sense of God inside of me. I spoke a few syllables and this pastor was very wise. He said, just speak out what you've got and it'll grow into a freedom and a language. So I remember the next three or four days, I prayed those words and syllables in my devotions and prayer time and when the and, and by the end of the week, I had a whole fluent language. And it took me one week. Some people get it all in one go. Some people take longer. But I just knew I had to exercise faith that this was the Holy Spirit flowing through, through me. And within weeks, my worship and my praise just took off. I didn't want to stop. That's why some people come into me and say, why do you guys sing so long, you know? Why do you sing the same song five times, you know? Because they, they've been thought you only sing it once but hey every time you sing it it's like this river of life and understandings flowing that's why we do it not because we want to uh, stretch out our singing time to half an hour we just can't stop sometimes because there's a, a life flowing and the spirit of God's flowing and it's coming out of your spirit 
The Apostle Paul says, I pray in the Spirit, and I pray with my understanding. I sing in the Spirit, and I sing with my understanding. So it's like you go from English to uh, speaking or singing the heavenly language and back and forward, and it's like you're changing gears and you're just moving along with greater freedom. That's why I encourage you to do it. Don't just settle and don't wait just till you feel in a great meeting where it overflows, but let it flow. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery or waste. Anyone who's had issues with drinking and alcohol, you know, waste money, waste time, as long as you can't remember what you've done, and that's a really dangerous thing, and then it can bring destruction if it becomes an addiction over your life. It says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to wasted abortion. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Isn't it interesting? There's a comparison between it. Let the Spirit of God so fill you, because you'll have a flow and a freedom and a high greater than even the effect of alcohol or drugs. This is the ultimate high that God wants to give us. And drugs and alcohol and other things are a poor substitute for the freedom and life that the Holy Spirit wants to flow through you. We need to understand that's how it works. That's why there's, a, there's an overflow of our heart. Wow, God is so good. And there's no hangover. Hallelujah. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we see some of the other signs that you feel the Spirit is there's a flow in your praise and worship and your prayer. There's also a giving of thanks. It's like you're just more aware of thanks, thanking God. Another thought, it says you will end up submitting to one another. When your spirit is filled and overflowing, it's not, it's not about you. It's about surrendering and honoring others. You'll start to become less selfish and more unselfish because you're thinking about others, not just about yourself. Like Jeremy said, you are giving to bless others, not just about you getting yourself. There is a reward. There is an overflow. But it's about submitting. Also, there's a holiness comes because he's the Holy Spirit. Not just the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Not the evil spirit, not a controlling spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. And so as you hear people preach about holiness, hey, the best way to get holy is to hang out with the Holy Spirit. He'll sort you out real quick. (laughs) Because it's like if you want healing, hang out with Jesus because he's the healer. If you want to grow in holiness, just make room for the Holy Spirit and just keep responding and obeying his nudges, his revelation of his word. He will draw us into a life. And holiness means to be set apart, not weird and spooky and hiding out in a cave for six weeks and not eating any food and and growing your hair long and not cutting your nails. That's not holiness. That's weirdness. That's religious weirdness. Being holy is someone who has the presence of God overflowing their life. It's someone who has the fruit and gifts of the Spirit just flowing over their life. It's like people get touched by the presence of God in your life. It, they, make you feel sa- they feel safe around you. They want to just hang out with you because they can feel something touching their hearts. Transformation comes. You become more Christ-like. That's why it says the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I've learned if you hang out with the Holy Spirit more and make room for Him and obey Him, the fruit grow in your life. If you hang out with the wrong spirit, you get ugly and smelly. You start to get angry and 
control others instead of having self-control, you control others. I've learned if you don't let the Holy Spirit bring self-control to you, you'll try and control others to have your way. But when you let the Holy Spirit flow in your life, you become, you want to love others and you want to have self-control in your own life. That's a beautiful journey that God has. The message says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts in our lives, much the same that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. A couple of things to wrap it up. You get an increased freedom and authority in prayer. Sometimes when I'm praying, I pray in my understanding and then I'll pray in the Spirit and sometimes it moves into a very strong authoritative language of authority and breakthrough. Just every now and then I move into that and it's like something shifts in the spirit and you know, you know that you're taking authority over stuff. You know that God's strengthening you to face whatever battles may be ahead of you. You know that God's strengthening you to be able to help others that may be going through battles or weakness in their life. And God will sometimes give you different languages in the spirit, not just one language. And God wants us to grow. If you only have one language in the spirit, believe for more. God, just let it flow like a river. And lastly, you'll have a supernatural gifts and signs and wonders. Prophecy. Revelation. A word of wisdom. A word of knowledge. That's what Don was sharing about a lot. How the, he just flows so naturally. And God will just give him a word for the, someone when he's filling up with petrol. Or someone at the restaurant. Or someone as he meets down the shops. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, go and tell him I love him and uh, that he's going to help sort out their issue. And you think, oh, God, that's weird. But if you learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, and Don over and over has shown that it works. And I've found the same. It can be so natural. It doesn't have to be weird and wacky and put your hands up and, and start saying God's got a word for you and, and just scare the wits out of him. Just, just talk very naturally. And let the Holy Spirit flow through us. And there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit of prophecy and Words of knowledge and understanding, discerning of spirits. Sometimes you just know what's right and what's wrong. You can't even put in a words, but you just know that's the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 2.3 says, This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will it says to desire or earnestly seek after the spiritual gifts they start in first corinthians 12 and then in first Corinthians 14 guess what the chapter in the middle is about love one Corinthians 13 is the love chapter and it's right between the two main chapters on the gifts of the spirit so if you want to prophesy and bless people if you want to flow with a word of wisdom or knowledge make sure it's always motivated by love not to try and tick the box and think, well, I'm hearing from God. Yahoo! No. You're hearing from God so that you can love someone better and help them grow into freedom. It's all got to be motivated by love. Otherwise, it becomes pride and a spiritual superiority. Remember? It doesn't make you a better Christian. It just makes you better equipped. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And it's, it can be so beautiful, so natural. 
And I want to encourage you tonight to, if you understand the Spirit and you feel the Holy Spirit and you speak in the heavenly language and you start to see the fruit and the gifts flowing through your life, thank God for it. Speak in that heavenly language every day. Every day. There have been times when God's challenged me to step out and, and pray in the Spirit maybe for half an hour. Half an hour? When you get into it, it just flows like that. Often it's just a flowing in and out of. Sometimes it's just for 30 seconds. And it's like it just tunes your spirit in. Jude 1 verse 20, the last verse says, But your beloved, building up yourselves in their most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. It's powerful. When you pray in the Spirit, something happens. It helps you stay at the center of God's love, keeping your arms open and outstretched, ready for the mercy of our Master, Jesus Christ. This is unending life, the real life. Just leave that one up there. That is so powerful. The real life is living a Spirit-filled life. We can have some great joys and relationships and achievements and all those amazing things that can happen in our life, but the things that will touch you the deepest and will leave you with the greatest fulfillment and purpose in life is when you allow the Spirit of God to flow in and through you. It'll leave treasures and memories that are all good and all powerful. This is the unending life, the real life. Let's stand in His presence. Worship team, I want to take a few moments. We've just got a few minutes before we finish our service tonight. And we sang a few beautiful songs about the Holy Spirit. and We just want to sing one more of those. Tonight, maybe you don't know this amazing Jesus we're talking about. Many of us do. Maybe some of us haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit and spoken in this heavenly language. It's a gift that God offers to us. I just feel the Holy Spirit just drawing us and saying, hey, let's just take a few minutes before we finish our service tonight. It's cold and raining outside, so let's just have a few more minutes hanging in this lovely warm atmosphere of the presence of God. And maybe you're here tonight and you, you've heard about the Holy Spirit, but you've never really understood it. Maybe you've never really received the gift of salvation. Just close your eyes for a moment, just in this holy moment. The Holy Spirit's been speaking all night. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.